Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. beautiful soul and welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to be here with you today. Thank you for pressing play. Today I have a beautiful guest episode with Michael McPherson. This episode blew me away. I am personally going to re-listen to it several times and it was such divine timing to learn from Michael and to do this interview with him in the realms of sex and intimacy and divine union, which is something that I've been exploring for myself and really taking a look at examples of couples, examples of relationships that really exemplify this new paradigm of love, this new paradigm of committed sacred partnership. So you are in for a treat today. I absolutely loved having uh, Michael's masculine presence and his energy on the show, in this interview, it was super, super powerful. So before I introduce Michael, I want to share a little bit about what this week has been like, because let me tell you, it has been a crazy week. So I'm actually leaving tomorrow to start my travels, my nomadic travels. And as some of you may know, who are regular listeners, I am going to be moving to Tulum, Mexico for a month, and then I will be traveling indefinitely and working abroad. So this is very exciting to have my business in a place where I have the access to work from wherever and have the foundation where it feels really expansive and good to work and travel. And leading up to that, of course, I've had a crazy week with packing and appointments and seeing all the people that I want to see. And then also very excited to be inviting in some new members to my Embodied Boundaries course, which is starting next week. So if you are not familiar with Embodied Boundaries, it is a three-week deep dive course that I'm going to be teaching four live training sessions. And if you have been curious about working with me, if you have been wanting to increase your confidence, feeling more empowered, and really connecting to your feminine essence, this process is going to be really, really transformational. So throughout these four trainings, we're really going to be working on reclaiming your feminine power, on establishing your sacred, sexy boundaries, and in really expressing yourself in a whole new way. And I'm putting together a really dynamic experience where we're not just going to go through the mindset work around how to become more empowered in your business and your relationships, but really the embodiment of that and 
we're going to be using three sacred feminine archetypes to access new parts of yourself. So if you are a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a coach, if you're a healer, or if you're a leader and a woman who wants to step into her next level of self-worth and empowerment, this three-week journey is for you. And we start next week on Thursday. So we start on May 6th and the private Facebook group is going to open on May 4th. So if you are interested in joining for this, you want to find out more, you can find out all of the details, including the pricing, and we have a payment plan available too. You can find all of that in the show notes. All right, let's get into our show for today. So Michael McPherson is a pioneer in the realm of sex and intimacy. He teaches men and women from all over the world how to heal their relationship with sex, open their heart to true love, thrive in the romantic union, and channel their sex energy towards actualizing their dreams. Michael is the author of Everything You Never Learned About Sex, Take Back Your Masculine Power, and Use Your Sex Energy for Good. He's the co-founder of Request Bar, a high-vibe protein bar company on a mission to get people dreaming bigger and taking creative leaps in making those dreams come to life and co-founder of K-A-K-A-O Cacao Ceremonial Drinking Chocolate, a nonprofit devoted to saving native strains of cacao and making ceremonial grade cacao available to the Western world. In this episode, we talk about Michael's relationship with his partner Mackenzie and we talked about his journey to shifting his relationship to sex and creating a dynamic of conscious intimate partnership in his life and really healing through partnership and finding his purpose and stepping into his own leadership and in his own masculine through divine union. So I know you're going to love this episode. Enjoy and we'll see you on the other side. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, I'm so grateful to invite a male perspective to this conversation, specifically around sex and intimacy and divine union. And I know that my listeners are also going to just really experience so much value from hearing your wisdom today. So thanks for being here. Yeah, you're so welcome. And yeah, definitely holding the intention to deliver on what everyone needs listening to this podcast episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were talking before we hit record and just shared how I don't feel like this specific interview happened by accident in this time, specifically on my journey. And I've been sharing bits and pieces online and on the podcast of the conscious uncoupling process that I've been going through and just having you before we hopped on, just pausing for a moment and asking like, how are you? And really holding that masculine space of allowing me to drop into my heart and be vulnerable is something that I think that a lot of women really yearn for. Mm. And I am really grateful that you created that space for me to drop into my heart before we hit record. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm curious about your journey to really being a teacher of this work of sex and intimacy and divine union. And 
what piqued your passion to be a teacher of this work? Yeah, thanks for asking that. It's a great question. I would say in the beginning, it wasn't as much a passion as it was a pain point. Mm -hmm. I could really feel when I stepped into union with my beloved that I had a lot to learn in this particular area and I had a long ways to grow. So yeah, it, it wasn't like, you know, at that time in my life, I was really looking around for other men to lead and navigate this conversation with me and for me. I was looking for mentors. I was looking for people doing the men's work and having the men's conversation. And I really couldn't find any. So that was back in 2017, mm -hmm. looking around for the men. And I'm like, where are the guys at? Who's going to help me grow and develop in this area? And I couldn't find anyone. And in 2018, when my partner and I were in Australia, we launched a podcast, which, you know, it's been very sparse. We do it basically, we record an episode whenever we feel like it, it's that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But one of the um, very first episodes that we recorded was Sex, Michael Tells All. And that was the first time that I ever really shared my story vulnerably and not with very much added either. I just told it how it was, what my actual experience was, my insecurities, the things that I did that I wasn't proud of, all of it. Mm. And years later, after that recording, I was still getting emails from people saying how much they were impacted by my honesty and vulnerability. So that's when the light bulb went off and I really got dinged and I was like, okay, if there's nobody out there, at least in my immediate environment, I know there are people out there, but in my immediate environment, if there's nobody out there having this conversation, then I guess it's me. I guess I am the sex guy or mm -hmm. I'm going to become the quote unquote sex and intimacy guy, which I don't think is anything a, a child ever strives for, <laughs> you know, when their parents ask them, what do you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be the sex guy. It's like... <laughs> No, you want to be a fireman, an astronaut, a professional fisherman. That's what I wanted to be, a professional fisherman. But yeah, life led me here and I've since embraced it. And it's been a really beautiful journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that your beloved, your partner invited you or at least the connection that you had or the experience that you're having invited you to rise, invited you to look at these parts of yourself and really look within and do the healing. And I'm curious to know, do you feel like most men from what you've seen are initiated by being with a woman who invites them into that space? Or do you feel like most men are looking for this on their own and recognizing that they have some healing to do before they get into partnership? Yeah, I think it goes both ways. And I think there are different forms of initiation. So traditionally, it was the women of a tribe who initiated the men sexually. They were the ones that interact with, with them initially and taught them how to be with a woman. So in some way, I think uh, it's not the responsibility, but it's almost like the natural way of approaching initiation for, se uh, for men, at least around sex and sexuality. Mm -hmm. And then outside of that, I, I feel like men know there's work to do, especially in this area. I mean, we're just as much alive as any woman on the planet. We might not have as ease of access to our feminine body, to our emotional body, to our heart, 
but every man desires to be in this place. So if you are a woman and if you are interacting with a man or you're in relationship with a man and you're not sure of whether or not he wants to go deeper, the truth of the matter is that he does. He does. He just might not know how mm-hmm. or where. And so it's not the woman's responsibility, but what the, the woman has the power to do is inspire. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that will inspire a man to do his inner work than more than his woman. And that's just the truth. And that's been my experience. When I came into union with McKinsey, that was my line in the sand. And where I decided that none of these behaviors that had existed prior to our relationship were going to continue into this relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't able to like complete that all across the board. Obviously, like shadows and wounds showed up everywhere, basically, mm-hmm. right away. Um, but you know, pornography use, um, object, sexual objectification of women, um, being mischievous and, uh, emotionally cheating, all those things that in other relationships had gone on in the background of my relationships, all those things came to an end immediately. Mm -hmm. Was there something about her particularly, or about the connection that you had with her, the way that she showed up that really created that shift or invitation for you? Because I'm curious about, you know, as women, the way that we show up and like you said, inspire through action or be, be the inspiration. And I I have a sense that there might be a way of being or a level of respect or worthiness or confidence that she had within herself that, that allowed you to be like, yeah, this stuff's not going to cut it anymore. Like this isn't going to work for this type of woman. Yeah. There was recognition right away between the two of us. So recognition Mm -hmm. that we had done this before. I don't know when and where we found out the details later, but there was immediate recognition and Mm -hmm. she, it's not like when we first got together, we talked about these things. So I, I know there's kind of a preconceived notion that in conscious relationships, your first date, you're talking about sacred sexuality and like how you want to approach it and uh, all of that. It wasn't like that for us, but there was an unspoken way of being in which she carried and honored her own body that I mm. felt and responded to. So I knew even physically, just like the resonance in my own body that there was uh, only going to be like a certain behavior or a certain level of behavior, if you will, that was going to be accepted and tolerated here. So Mm. it wasn't spoken, but it was very much felt right away. So powerful. I love that you described it that way. And it does take a certain level of attunement as a man to be able to attune to that energy that that's there, because what you're talking about is the energetic body, right? Mm -hmm. She didn't say you need to stop doing this, or I only date men who show up like this. There was an attunement to the frequency that she was putting out and the way that she was carrying herself. And I got chills as you were sharing that because I feel like that piece is so powerful for women to hear and to know. Mm. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. What do you think is, yeah. What do you think is one of like, or some of the blocks for intimacy? We, you, you shared that most men or all men actually desire that deeper intimacy, that sexual connection to be able to show up, you know, as a King, most men desire that. Right. Yeah. Yet it sounded like there was like a certain capacity or maybe some blocks that may come up. And 
we're talking about men here because you're a male guest and women have our own blocks to intimacy. And so I don't want to say like, oh, men have these blocks, but I want to give the context that I'm curious from, from your perspective and what you see as a teacher of this work, what are some of the things that, that stop men from opening in this way or being able to connect to their feminine body? Yeah, there are so many things. And if I had to wrap it up in, I guess it's two words, I would say the past. And so there's mm. the past as we've experienced it in our lives. And there's the past that we've experienced it in other lives. But if we stick to just like this lifetime, there's so many things that we experience as children, young people, young adults and adults that are end up culminating into who we show up as in relationship, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. So for me, when I was a young person and a child, one of the first things I witnessed that was imprinted upon me was a lack of intimacy between my parents. And so as a child coming in so innocent and sensitive, it caused me pain to see that over there with them because I could feel that in my body. I could feel that they weren't as close as they could have been. I could feel that they weren't as free to express their love as I desired them to be. I could feel that there was more potential available to them, but they weren't exactly doing the work, if you will, to, to discover that for themselves. So that caused me pain, right? And when you're young and when you haven't been given the tools to work with or even just feel your pain, or if your environment tells you you're not safe to feel your pain because people around you can't hold it, they won't understand it, it gets internalized in some way and we tend to run from it. We tend to avoid it, especially men. Men mm -hmm. really don't like feeling the pain or the wounds of their past but it's essential to having access to our heart center. It's also essential for us to have compassion, to feel compassion and understanding towards other people. So my young life is that's without any of the conditioning that I received around sex almost right away. Mm -hmm. I was avoiding feeling this pain. So initially it was like sports and staying super busy and uh, being away from the house. And then when my sexuality came online, it was chasing after women always being on the chase, the thrill of the chase and the, the drops of infatuation that were, you know, the neurochemical physiology that I was receiving, the dopamine and all the exciting chemicals that I was receiving that was keeping me just high enough to not have to feel that wound. And that's only one wound. Another one of the wounds that I have is, uh, and I've had it my whole life, especially as a young person, young adult, is not understanding why am I here? Like, what the fuck am I, what am I doing here? Why am I here? Why am I in this body? What did I come here for? And so when I attune to that wound, it obviously causes me pain. It's like a shrinking, constricting feeling. And so, of course, before I had awareness of it, that feeling it was the only way to hold it and actually be with it and transmute it into something creatively. I was avoiding it. And again, I, people avoid their wounds. Men specifically avoid their wounds in, in many different ways. Sex, money, and power are the biggest ones, right? Mm -hmm. You can chase after your career. You can stay super busy going after your career. You can try to make a lot of money. When you've made all the money, you try to have power and influence. And those are all just excuses really to not feel. Mm -hmm. 
So mine just so happened to be sex and women. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go back to my young life, I didn't grow up in what you could call like an emotionally conducive environment. My parents were beautiful. I loved them so much. They did the best they could. They were amazing parents. They took care of all of my needs. I had beautiful young life experiences. But what I didn't receive as a young man from my parents was emotional intelligence. And for that reason, I always felt like I was the crazy one. Like there was something wrong with me. I had something, some kind of disease that made me emotional that no one else in my immediate family environment had. Um, so when it came time for me to mature sexually, when my sex hormones came online, I did not feel safe to talk to my parents about mm-hmm. sex. I was terrified. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I never had the sex talk from either one of my parents, right? It was a topic mm-hmm. that was completely avoided. So the first time I ever masturbated, I literally thought I had discovered magic. It was like one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had in my life. I was so attuned mm-hmm. to my sex energy. I, I just like, I just remember feeling like, how did I not know about this? Uh, <laughs> how did this slip by me? How did nobody tell me about such a magical experience that I could have with myself? I was really excited, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had no preconceived uh, sexual imagery in my mind too. So it wasn't like I was fantasizing about anything. I was just feeling, right? Mm. So I had that experience. And then what was there right after that was fear. Who am I going to talk to about this? Uh, am I the last one to figure this out? And everybody else already knew about it. And therefore, it's going to be wildly embarrassing for me to share this with my friends or even bring it up with my family. So I didn't feel safe to talk about it. And so pornography, which is what so many men turn to at this particular age, right? As they're going through puberty was initially meant to be a place of safety for me to learn about sex in a safe environment where I didn't have to expose myself to anyone else because I was afraid to talk to my parents about it and anyone really. What it ended up becoming was obviously an incredibly disempowering source of sex information, sex education, and, you know, the imprinting that then I received into my subconscious at such a young age as my brain was developing. But we can go into that further if you want to. I guess I'll pause there. Yeah, so fascinating. I mean, it the thing that I'm hearing too here that is is so common is is the shame around it. And like experiencing this pleasure, right. And having this experience with yourself in this case. And in my case, it was having sex with a partner and then being so embarrassed to come home and feel like I did something wrong Mm -hmm. because it was unspoken. It wasn't even said that it was wrong. It was like so embarrassing because no one was actually talking about it. And it's, it's, it's kind of wild because I mean, that's how my parents made their children. And we can't even talk about this conversation about sex. It's like this, this so deeply uncomfortable conversation. So I really appreciate you sharing about even just a, a, a small part of your journey around, you know, the, the lack of emotional safety that you felt in your home, which again, doesn't make your parents bad people. It doesn't make them wrong. They didn't have the tools that they could have. And, Yeah. I think just culturally, collectively that these are things that we don't talk about and that the only sex education that we get is really like 
a really poor sex education in middle school, which is mostly talking about like puberty, not actually sex. Right. Totally. Yeah. I got images of like herpes up on the big screen and just like <laughs> no person, no young person should have to like be scared like that around something that's so natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. So, you know, and, and on this, on the feminine frequency podcast, we talk a lot about soul calling and following your intuition and how often the challenges that we've experienced in our life actually are the things that lead us to the work that we're here to do in the world. So as you're sharing your story, and I know this is just one part of your story, it makes a lot of sense to me that you're the sex guy, right? Like this was, this was a thing for you. This was something that was really impactful in your life. Definitely. And I think what was even more impactful was by the time I became an adult, I, I actually desired to have genuine relationships with women, Mm -hmm. but because of the conditioning I had received around sex and sexuality, I felt like it was impossible. Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't have a genuine heart to heart connection with a woman without there being some overlay of some like sexual distortion, either one person attracted to the other or this background music playing of hopefully someday we're going to sleep together or, you know what I mean? So that was a huge pain point for me and something that actually inspired me as well onto my healing journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. You mentioned something earlier about when a man is disconnected from his purpose or the fear of not knowing why you're here. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to hear when it comes to intimacy or when it comes to conscious relating Do you feel like a man needs to be connected to his purpose before he gets into a relationship? Or do you feel like that's something that is possible to give to a partnership and devote yourself to a partnership if that's not there yet? Yeah, I believe it can go either way. Mm -hmm. And it has been my experience that I was not connected to my individual purpose, I guess you could call it prior to coming into union. So I absolutely believe that union can be a catalyst for men discovering their purpose in the world Mm -hmm. and actually having that purpose be (laughs) grounded, rooted in truth. You know, we need our feminine counterparts in order to fulfill our true purpose. Mm -hmm. And it really is the feminine that leads and inspires. And it's the masculine that then comes in and puts in the structure and takes action upon it and protects, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I didn't have that coming into union and it's only been through the contrast that I've experienced in my union that I've been able to sort through all my own bullshit to even get present to my purpose in the first place. And, you know, it's like, there's your superficial purpose. Like there's the purpose, the label that the world wants you to put on. Like I'm here to transform relationships. (laughs) And it's like, cool. You know, you and millions of other people, that's amazing. And then there's like your deeper spiritual purpose, which for me is like, I'm here to be annihilated. (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. here to, I'm here to disappear. That's my actual purpose. I'm here to be so devoted to my love and to what we're creating that there's actually an absence of me and a presence of spirit. And so that, you know, that is only through a depth that I, I, I've only been able to access in sacred union, divine union. I don't know anywhere. And it's not that maybe you can't access it anywhere else. It's just, that hasn't been my experience, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That was really, really beautiful. And it just felt like the depth of that when you said like, there's a superficial and then there's like that, this deeper layer that was so felt in my body of how that there is that much deeper level that we all, we can all have access to that, which is beautiful. It's devotion. And I think there's, there's so much fear around devotion Mm. because it's a, it occurs on the surface as a loss of freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, as a man, you can't sleep with whoever you want anymore because you have agreements and you have the structure and the container of your relationship. Um, maybe you feel less free to be yourself because it triggers something in your partner. There's this whole sense of there just being a loss of who you are or who you were when you started this relationship. And I have found that if you actually give yourself over to it wholeheartedly, what you'll find is freedom through devotion mm. and the, the freedom actually being the freedom from all the inauthentic expressions of yourself. You actually discover who you are through the devotion, right? And what you're here for. And you can let go of all the other stuff that is not meant for you or that you picked up along the way, or that's part of your conditioning and programming and imprinting that you receive. So it's, it's a way of becoming more of ourselves, which I don't know what could be more freeing than that. Yeah. It's the constructs of our mind that tell us that we're going to lose freedom and the rebellion of not wanting to do that when really that is the portal to freedom. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So you've mentioned the term sacred union and what you're talking about here about the complete devotion to love, to union, to your beloved. Um, let's go a little bit deeper into what is the difference between divine union and maybe even it could be a conscious relationship or even just relationship because there, there's a lot, there's a, it feels to me like there's something like specific that is, that differentiates these two. Yeah. So there's a lot of different expressions of relationship, right? Just look in the world. There's all kinds of different expressions. So to me, uh, there's many ways to go about it. Sometimes you sign up for a relationship to learn. Sometimes you sign up for a relationship because that person is going to help you through some difficult times in your life. Uh, sometimes you sign up for a relationship because that person is going to mirror to you all the things you hate about yourself and you're going to have to learn to love yourself. And then there's divine union and divine union to me is when two people sign up consciously to be entirely devoted to one another. And so they not only know that as they're going in to create the container, but they actually consciously create the container. So they, what it looked like for my beloved and I to do that is we created contracts. So we're into business as well. So just like you would create a a business contract, you almost like create a soul contract with somebody. Here's my intention for the relationship. Here's how I'm promising to show up. This is what you can hold me accountable to. This is personally what I'm holding myself accountable to. This is why our union exists. And that's a huge missing for a lot of people in relationship. Mm -hmm. They don't know why their union exists. They don't know why they're together. They think they're together just because you know, it makes each person happy. And certainly that's part of it. But we come together in sacred union because our ability to serve the collective 
the whole together is greater than it ever could be apart. That's what true divine union is. It's two people deciding to totally merge and become one. And through their shared aura and through their shared channel, their single channel, literally transform what it means to be human for human beings. Bring such a powerful love onto this planet that our experience of being human is forever changed. And that is about to blow so many people's minds that you might want to listen to this like multiple times because <laughs> this is the new, this is a new construct, right? In, in the realm for most people, but even in consciousness, like we are awakening to new ways of relating to one another, new ways of devotion to our higher selves, to God, to love. And this really is the new construct. This is the new paradigm. And I, I just feel like, when you share about divine union to me, I'm like, yeah, that's truth. Like mm -hmm. to me, I'm like, what else would relationship be for? And obviously, like you said, there's different relationships that get to happen even leading up to divine union to prepare yeah. you for divine union. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not like the, the other ones are wrong or bad or less than they all serve. Right. Mm. And yeah, you, you get whatever you agree to, whatever you signed up for. Everybody's soul contracts for their life experience is different. So acknowledging whatever's yours and whatever's your truth, you know, maybe divine union isn't something that you signed up for this time around. That's not bad. Mm -hmm. It's not wrong, you know? So it's just, mm -hmm. yeah, acknowledging what you're here for. Mm. Thank you for being both the permission and an example. And I'm not like saying that, your relationship gets to be put on a pedestal and that people don't have access to it. But what I really want to share is that we need more examples and we need examples of men and women who are devoted to this type of love in order for our brains, even to know that this is a possibility. Like right. this conversation is opening doors to something new that maybe people didn't know existed before, or maybe it's just this intangible idea that they read in books or have heard that's possible, but to like hear it in this way is, is really potent. So thank you. Yeah. I love that you talked about it in terms of the brain because our, you know, a, a man's brain doesn't even really fully develop until he's in his thirties. So we do a lot of relating, right? before we're 30 years old, we have a lot of relationships. We have a lot of sexual encounters, all of it. So most of the time we don't stay long enough to break those false ideas of love. You know, we either have like the Disney picturesque love that we receive when we were children and mm -hmm. somebody's meant to come and sweep us off our feet and it's happily ever after or maybe we've experienced heartbreak as a young person. So we actually are closed off to love. But for men, you know, when we're exposed to things like pornography at such a young age, we really do become addicted to a superficial type of love. Mm. Biochemically, it feels like love because all of the right hormones and key players are there but it's never allowed to mature. And so Mackenzie and I hit a point in our relationship, we were about two years in where literally I ran out of infatuation chemicals. I had never got to this point in relationship ever. So my brain was telling me that this is over. Mm. This is done. 
But what I was actually being invited into was maturing my love. And that's where we haven't got to because, you know, there's the immediate gratification of our culture. There's the stigmatisms around relationship. There's not the same level of commitment that maybe there used to be. And I'm not saying for people to stay in something that's abusive or wrong for them. I'm just saying stay long enough to face off with yourself. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately relationship is about you. It's about falling in love with the beloved within. And your, your beloved, your external beloved is really just a mirror for that. They're teaching you and showing you and helping you remember how to love yourself. Mm-hmm. So powerful. Just taking it, taking it all in and, and really appreciating again, the timeliness of this, this conversation. Yeah. For women who maybe are already in partnership and, they want to invite their partner into this deeper space of intimacy and love. What, what do you feel is the most effective way to invite? I know you mentioned earlier being the inspiration or just, you know, holding that space um, as the feminine uh, being the inspiration, but is there a way to not make your partner wrong or like to really create the invitation for them to evolve and grow with you? Or do you feel like that's a, something that is an individual choice that has to come from within? Again, I think it's both. So there's, there's many different ways to approach it. Uh, What you don't want to do is tell your man all the things that he's doing wrong and expect that to inspire him to change. (laughs) It's just only going to send him like further into a shadow, further into a shell. Mm -hmm. Um, but what you can do as a woman is really get present to your own desires and Mm -hmm. get actually uh, vulnerable in those desires and then share vulnerably those desires. This is what I'm really feeling. This is what I'm really desiring to experience. This is what I really want. So there's that option to get raw and real and vulnerable and open up your heart, not knowing whether it's going to be accepted, not knowing whether that person is going to want to meet you there. So it is risky and scary and all of those things. And then there's the other option of just literally following your path so clearly that you are like living your best life and doing the things that you want to and so fulfilled and happy that your person, your partner, your man looks at you and says, what do you got going on over there? Like what's going on (laughs) with you? You know, they can't help but see that something is happening over there. And so they end up becoming curious. I personally love that option because it's so like (laughs) innocent and cute. And it ends up leading to like two people working together and going someplace together, but it it can really go anyway. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I really appreciate. There's been several questions that I've I've posed and I posed them in that way purposefully and love that you met me in the, that there is no one path of relationship. There is no one way of intimacy or um, divine union that, you know, we are all on our individual paths and that it can be, it can be multiple different ways. And I think that can be really beautiful. And I also think it can be somewhat frustrating for people because they want the template. They want to be like, how do we do this thing? How do we get it right? How do we figure this out? How do we make it work? And like, that's not how love works and that everyone has their own unique love story. Right. You have to totally abandon any template. And especially if you're following a more feminine path, which I really believe that 
divine union is meant to be. It's meant to be chaotic. It's meant to be, um, you know, uncertain at times because that's how you access these really like shaky parts of yourself that you wouldn't access if you were in your conscious mind or felt like you were in control. But what I mm-hmm. will say to this is um, some of, actually, I'll say, what inspired me to change the most, at least initially when I came into divine union with my beloved was seeing the pain that I was causing her mm-hmm. was literally witnessing how my ways of being were impacting her. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that was like for my brain, one of the first times where it clicked for me that, Oh, okay. This is me. And if I don't want to cause her pain anymore, then I am going to have to change. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Well, she sounds incredible and I'm just really grateful for you inviting us into your own journey with intimacy and sexuality and divine union. And I know that many people are going to want to keep learning from you. So I know you have a book and your website. What is the best way for people to keep in touch with you? Best way to find me is at my website, www.michaelmcpherson.co. That's C-O, not .com, michaelmcpherson.co. And you can find my book there, Everything You Never Learned About Sex, Take Back Your Masculine Power and Use Your Sex Energy for Good. And you can also find pretty much everything else about me on there. So all of my offerings, if you want to look at my bio, uh, what Mackenzie and I are up to right now with our entities and our businesses, it's all there. Amazing. And just for context, are you primarily working with men? Are you working with couples? Are you working with women? Like what right now within your offerings, I'd love to hear more. Yeah. So I work primarily with men. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of my clients right now are men. McKinsey and I just recently opened up ourselves to do couples work, which has been really fun and beautiful and interesting. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. (laughs) So we've got a couple couples that we've already worked with. And personally, I'm honestly really open to working with women. And I feel like I have a lot to offer women for whatever reason that just hasn't happened yet. So maybe after this podcast, who knows? Yeah. We're, we're, we're opening the possibility. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to sharing this with everyone and yeah, we will continue to follow your work and see what you're up to in the world. I feel like it's just the beginning too. It sounds like there's, there's so much more to come. Yeah. Just the very early beginning of something. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Feminine Frequency Podcast. If you found this to be valuable, please share it on your social media and tag me at Amy Natalie Co. You can just simply take a screenshot and share it in your stories. And for those of you who are joining me for Embodied Boundaries, I cannot wait to get started next week. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about Embodied Boundaries, this three-week portal that we're about to open to really redefine your feminine power, to create a life that is in alignment with your truth and to stand in your confidence in your decision-making. There's so much juiciness and powerful information that's going to be shared along with integrated into your body. Um, And it's going to be an amazing community as well. So 
to find out more information for that, just scroll down in the show notes and you can click the link there. You can also come on over to my Instagram and find a link in my bio. And if you are curious about if Embodied Boundaries is the right fit for you, please send me a message and let me know if you have any questions and I would be happy to personally answer those for you. Have a beautiful day. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Feminine Frequency Podcast. Thank you.